2: Welcome to the Giants huddle front office edition presented by Fordham University an official higher education partner of the New York Giants. All right Joe great to see you thanks for taking the time exciting times right now for Giants fans and of course for the Giants organization for you a busy time with the trade deadline this week uh, how was that for you were you busy was it quiet were you hoping that it was gonna be busier?
3: Yeah no it's the trade deadline You know, it's it's a date where we can no longer trade, but we're constantly making calls around the league, um, whether it's August in the preseason, throughout the regular season. So it just uh, you know it's a culmination today at 3:59. You can no longer trade players, but we've been in constant communication with a lot of teams. So
2: yeah, well, you guys got ahead of the curve, obviously with the Tony trade last week. um, You know, kind of getting ahead of the frenzy. But I'm just curious for in that position group with the wide receiver group, trading Tony. You've got had some injuries with Shepard, obviously with Galladay being hurt. Did you feel any added pressure to try to look at that one position group to see if you could add?
3: Yeah, we were looking at, you know, when we make these phone calls, we were looking at all positions, you know, receiver obviously being one of them. And um, if there was an opportunity where, you know, a player became available and it made sense in terms of the value we place on the player and what was being asked, then, yeah, we would have definitely pursued that if there was something available.
2: You know, the last time that, you know, you spoke to the, the national media, you were talking about managing expectations. And now here you are sitting at six and two. How tough is it as a GM to sit there and say, "Wow, okay, we're six and two. You know what? I didn't think I was gonna have to make a move, but now that our record, now that we're winning, uh, how does that influence or change the way that you want to impact the team?"
3: Yeah, I think you know from the, the day I took the job, it was, "Hey, we're gonna compete today and build for tomorrow," and it has to, it has to make sense. And again, part of part of my job, whether it's the draft, where you put a guy on the draft board, um, what you pay a free agent uh, if you trade for a player, like you have to assign a value. And several meetings with my staff on, you know, where we saw some players that were available and what value we saw them at, and what made sense in the short term and long term. And if that doesn't marry up, then you know you don't want to shop hungry. And um, you know I thought we we took a, a good approach to this time of year, and you know it just made sense. I'm ecstatic we're we're six and two. And um, you know I don't know if one player at any one position is going to going to change things uh, exponentially, but um, you know I thought we had a sound process, and you know it played out, you know the way it played out.
2: Yeah, 6-2, and two, a lot of excitement, a lot of positives. Uh, one of those positives has been the play of Daniel Jones. I know before the season started, there was a lot of expectations and everybody wanted to know how he was going to handle this new offense and this new system. How do you feel about the way he's played?
3: Yeah, I think Daniel's played well. I mean, it's five, was it five game-winning drives or fourth-quarter comebacks? Um, you know, through eight games, which is impressive. So, you know, I think Daniel's done a, a very good job. You know, you know, that's the toughest position to play in, in the NFL next to center, probably, right? Uh, but, you know, learning another system for him, getting comfortable with um, not only the coaching staff, but, you know, again, there, there have been injuries at receiver, and uh, it's a little bit of been a, a revolving door. You know, now we have some injuries at tight end. So um, he's been a constant out there. He's been steady. You know, he fought through the injury, uh, was able to play against Green Bay, so he showed some toughness and, um, you know his leadership, so I'm pleased with where Daniel is and how he's been playing.
2: I feel like tough is is a good description for this team. Guys are playing through a lot of things. You know, the offensive line's banged up. DJ's playing through some injuries. Saquon's been playing a little banged up as well. Uh, what are you thought? What are your thoughts on on him? You've seen him as an opponent, but now as one of your players, how do you feel like he's played this season? What are you surprised by?
3: Yeah, I think, I think Saquon's done a really good job. I, I'm really not surprised by anything cause he had an outstanding spring. And, you know, we played him when I was in Buffalo in 2019, and he was a game-plan guy. When you go into play against him, like, he, you got to pay attention to where 26 is. So, um, yeah, it showed toughness uh, battling through, um, you know, injuries throughout the year, which, which everybody has. But um, his leadership, you know, he's a captain, and, uh, yeah, I've been really pleased with Saquon.
2: Let's talk about your rookie draft class. Um, you know, obviously you draft rookies and you say, hey, look, we, we want you to, f- to contribute in some way, shape or form. With Thibodeau going five, Neal going seven, you knew those guys were gonna be starters, but some of these other guys have really made an impact. Josh Azuda makes his first start up in Seattle. Michael McFadden gets his first sack. Um, talk about the class and all the, the progress that they've made and the contribution they made to the team.
3: Yeah, I do, a, I do a little rookie report. I've done it for a long time just based on draft classes and right now we're fourth in rookie play time. Um, which is which is really good. And, you know, we're obviously having some positive results from those guys, and they're learning how to win. So um, I'm excited about the whole crew. Obviously, the injury bug, I think all of them have been injured at one point or another, uh, except for one. But, you know, when Kayvon came back, it took him a couple of weeks to get his feet back under him, but he's put together a good stretch. You know, Evan, Evan's been steady. You know, Wandell's coming back now. We're going to get him more involved. Azudu, again, he, he waited his turn. You know, he starts off, you got to face Jeffrey Simmons week one. Yeah. That can be a tough task for a 10 year vet. But um didn't get down, kept competing and his chance came and did a good job and then Bellinger and Belton both key contributors, you know, one on defense, one on offense and you know Bellinger's been, you know, probably one of the most improved players since we've got here, like, you know, true pro already, takes his craft seriously and we're hoping to get him back uh, soon and then yeah, Michael McFadden special teams playing defense. Um, the best thing I could say about these guys is they're all our, you know, culture guys, they're smart, tough, and dependable. Um, you know, again, hopefully very good foundational pieces as we build from here.
2: As you're watching those young players and their development, they grow, you have to give credit to the coaching staff. How impressed have you been with this coaching staff to find ways to not just grow the players, but teach them how to win football games at the end of it, in the fourth quarter with the game on the line?
3: Yeah, no, it's been, again, with the draft class, the ability, as I said earlier, to, to win games, and get valuable experience playing games. As we're setting the foundation, learning to win is, is, is part of the deal. But the coaching staff's done a phenomenal job. You know, we're, we're constantly turning over the practice squad, um, even the active roster. You know, we did a study. Um, you know, earlier this week, you know, we're leading the league in term- with 12 players that you know weren't with us through August, and we signed September. On uh, 12 players that played line of scrimmage snaps offensively or defensively, and that's an testament to uh, the coaching staff and their you know their ability to stay late with these players, get them up to speed in terms of the offensive game plan or defensive game plan. And Fabian Moreau, Jalen Smith, guys like that, that that weren't here that can go out and start for you and play meaningful snaps. You know that's important. Tyree Phillips is a guy that started for us at right tackle. You know we, we claimed him in early September from from Baltimore. So. Um, that, along with you know, second half adjustments, game plans. I think uh, you know the coaching staff has done a great job, and again, a testament to Dayball and you know his hiring process, and you know whether it was a, a veteran coach like Wink or a, a younger coach like Kafka. I think identified um, really good candidates, and I think we're seeing the benefits of that now.
2: Well, let's go back to those twelve players you're talking about, because your job, obviously, all right, someone goes down, all right, I got to find somebody. Take us through that process. What do you lean on the most? Do you go back to film, or you know, or what if you have a guy that really you don't have a lot of film on? Do you? Contact the former teams, and how do you kind of whittle that hole down as far as who you're going to sign at that position of need?
3: Yeah, we're we're constantly looking, and it is a testament to you know Brandon Brown, Tim McDonald, Dennis Hickey, Chris Rossetti, you know the you know personnel, pro personnel department um, identifying these guys, and they do a great job. They're my filter system. when it, When the waiver comes out each night, they let me know if there's somebody I need to get my eyes on. And um, it started with our our process that we had in place in the preseason. You know, we had coverage on the you know. Twelve hundred plus players that were all cut. Um, we trimmed that down to players we liked. You know, we claimed four or five players at the final cutdown, and then that turns into our emergency list as injuries occur. You know, who can we get on other practice squads? You know, who becomes available that maybe we want to add to our practice squad? I think of our seventeen practice squad guys. Seven guys were here in camp, so there's also ten more new guys on our practice squad. Um, you know, that we've had to flex up as well. So, you know, credit to my personnel department. They've done a great job identifying players and continue to turn the back end of the roster
0: and the practice squad over
3: so we can continue to elevate our depth and, and competition.
0: This is Colin Coward from the Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com, or download the app today. Yeah, I know they'll appreciate the
2: shout-out of your <laughs> personnel squad. <laughs> they your, do a great job. That's your, your glam squad behind the scenes. Yeah. You don't really have an official head of college scouting, correct? Yeah. How has how that worked out, and... How much do you have to lean on those guys, and who's really leading the whole college draft aspect?
3: Yeah, so you know Brandon Brown is the assistant GM. He's kind of over the pro in the college, um, as well as Tim McDonald, who's you know director of player personnel. And Then Dennis Hickey is is kind of manning the the college staff right now. He, he's on the road, you know, weekly. He's in contact with all of our scouts. Again, same type of deal. Filter the information up to me. You know, we've got um, you know top 10 lists that I get on a weekly basis by position. You know where the players are, so that kind of leads to where I go when I hit the road. You know, who do I need to go see and who do I need to watch? So, uh, Dennis has done a great job, and then you know I'll do a Zoom every every other week with the college scouts just make sure they're up to speed on what's going on with the roster. If they have any questions on why we're doing things or something that may have come up. Just, uh, you know, I've been on the road before. You can kind of feel like you're out of sight, out of mind. I want to make sure they know they're a big part of what we're doing and and keep them in the loop on how things are going on the roster.
2: All right, so let's peel back the curtain for fans a little bit because they probably think, all right, you're the GM. So you got Saturday to chill you know, Sunday's the game. That's not the case at all. Like, What's yeah. your weekend like when you're traveling to go see some of these college games?
3: Yeah, so I'll try to do the film during the week. So, you know, if I'm going to see, you know, let's say Alabama, Tennessee, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I went to that game and I went to Auburn, Mississippi the same day. So I'll try to do the film, you know, throughout the week. So when I get to the game, I have a plan on who I'm looking at while I'm there. First off, do I need to be there um, before I make my schedule? And then once I'm there, what do I need to get out of it? So um, I'll identify the, you know, five to ten players I need to look at. You know, a lot of the pregame is a chance to get to see guys up physically. Do they, do they look like an NFL player? Do they move like an NFL player? And then, you know, they always put us up in the press box, you know, to watch the game. So um, I'll do that. Again, I, I try to see, I get that top ten list from the scouts on a weekly basis, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm chipping away at it. I'm not going to see, you know, everybody, but I'm going to have a good, uh, you know, probably fourth round and above. I'll have, I'll have set, set eyes on those guys probably by, you know, the end of the college season.
2: So uh, you're, you're having a chance to see them down on the field. Do you get a chance to interact with them at all, or is it just kind of, hey, just visually?
3: Yeah, yeah, usually just visually, you know, especially at the big schools. Sometimes the area scouts, if you go through a Lenore Ryan or a Fordham or one of the smaller schools, they may bring the kid in, you can have personal interaction. At the bigger schools, typically at an All-Star game or the Combine or a, a Pro Day is the first time you can really have a personal interaction with the players.
2: So when you're down there and you're, and you're watching some of these players and you're obviously talking to the coaches as well, do you keep all this do you keep notes on all this stuff? and then, as the draft comes and the combine and all that, that this is just like another layer of evaluating them?
3: Yeah, exactly. it's you know it's a, it's a constant evaluation from you know how they look in the fall on tape, how they look in person, how they do it in an all star game once you interview them. You know, you get to, you can bring them in the building if you want on a 30 visit. So yeah, it's just you're you're continuing to add to the rolodex of that player in terms of you know who they are as a player person and then you know your personal interactions.
2: Well, you mentioned Alabama. I think pretty much every year you could go to Alabama and you're going to yeah. find some good yeah. athletes. But yep. aside from that, are there any other players that have really jumped out at you early on from next year's class?
3: Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there, there's some players I'm, I'm gonna keep those in here though but yeah okay. no it's it's gonna be a good draft there, there's there's a couple of positions that that may be perceived needs for us and that are a little bit deeper and you know again we we, we take all, all that into account as you're going to the trade deadline you know we've talked about what does free agency look at these positions what does the draft look like so you know that that goes into the the set value you know if you are going to trade for a player you got to look at what's down the road what's it going to look like in the offseason um, while also taking into account the 2022 season
2: yeah I know you're looking forward obviously to the second half of the season but certainly the off season when you get to kind of keep working on the roster. I'm just curious with, with the way the season has gone now and you guys are, are six and two you, you know let's say you go on to make the playoffs you're evaluating the players that are on this team already guys that are maybe going to be free agents or or uh, on one-year deals. Does the team's success impact the way that you assess them as a player at all or is it strictly hey I'm just evaluating that player based on who he is and what he is and I'm not letting a team's success or failure dictate whether they're coming back
3: yeah that's correct we're going to evaluate how they play how they fit into the culture and what we're doing leadership all that stuff's going to be important as we we evaluate those guys and if you know there's a chance if they're going to be a ufa maybe we get ahead of it and try to extend them before you know they're able to walk out the door or hit hit free agency but um you know culture fit leadership um you know guys that are doing what we're asking them to do all that stuff's going to play into it and be important
2: all right sounds good joe really appreciate the time always great to see you all
3: right
0: thanks for having me